a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the party. It is February 27th. It is a Tuesday. This is episode number 566 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Chad Green, Laura Flores, James Adekudo, Kerry Sabazot, recent baton holder, Thomas Marquette, Frank James Andriuli, Senfilis Chris Young, folks over in Europe like Kenneth Roth, people in the low country like Casley Joseph, we are all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you use this information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders? Or hold on, if you're looking to pivot into the industry, we have got immense value for you. Believe that because you're going to be asked in any single job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? Doink! Right there is a home run slam dunk answer. And on top of that, can I tell you, that the networking over there with the hashtag Team SC Cruz, uh, Cruz, Raymond Cruz, you just did a buffer overflow on my brain there, buddy. The networking with the team, hashtag Team SC Crew, um, is absolutely phenomenal and epic. So settle in. We've got a great show for you today. I swear that it's going to be mm, chef's kiss. I do not prepare or research any of the stories in advance. I don't even really know what the stories are gonna be. So we're gonna be experiencing them together and I absolutely love it. It's like we're at work and we're at the water, at the coffee cup cooler. I've got my big cup of joe here. And we're talking about the top cyber news stories of the day. Now, before I get into it, allow me to throw some love to the stream sponsors, those who enable me to bring the, the uh, top cyber news stories of the day to you every single morning, starting with my good friend uh, Eric Taylor and the crew at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows what to do. <laughs> Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents and yeet those threat actors out the environment. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Eric will tell you. Catch me outside, how about that? Catch me outside, threat actors, how about that? Absolutely love it. Check them out, Barricade Cyber, links in the description. Also wanna say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Listen guys, if you need some help with your information security program, there's no shame in that. There's no shade being thrown. Dude, we are constantly undermanned, under-resourced, underutilized. You know, there's a lot to know and there's not enough time to learn it all. So sometimes you need a little bit of a help and Panopsi Security is a perfect solution for that. 
If you need help on long-term information security program, maybe you don't know how to implement NIST cybersecurity framework. Maybe you want to go from reactive to proactive. How do you do that? Boom, Panopsi Security can do it. Tony Roy with the squad membership and that blue badge looking good on you, Tony. All right, panopsi.com, links in the description below as always. Love it. Now, anti-siphon training, we'll talk more about those beautiful babies at the mid-roll and all the wonderful work they're doing. But let me tell you, if today is your first episode, Tony Parrish down in sunny Florida, love it. Listen, if today is your first episode, then let me welcome you personally. Welcome to the party, pal. Hashtag first timer in chat. If episode 566 is your first episode, we get newcomers and first timers every single show. Today might be your day. Hashtag first timer in chat. We have a special sound effect for you. We have a special emote just for you because we love welcoming first timers and newcomers into the Simply Cyber community because we want you to know it's supportive and inclusive here and there's room for everybody. If you're a regular, hashtag Team SC in chat. Let's see it. Uh, definitely love that. And by the way, each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So go ahead and say what's up in chat, whether it's first time or Team SC, and screenshot it. Take the screenshot, put it in a folder, label it February 27th, right? And then when it comes time once a year, Marcus Kyler with a squad membership, that blue badge looking good on you, buddy. Also, uh, Marcus Kyler, uh, official uh, president of the Yeet Crew, uh, a sub-faction of the Simply Cyber community. Brandon Corbin with the blue badge. My goodness, guys, you're overwhelming taking over the stream. Love it. All right, guys, so grab a screenshot of your CPEs and let's, uh, let's get you credit for those, too. There's no reason not to take advantage of that because doing CPEs typically sucks, uh, First, uh, uh, honestly. Uh, but this this does not suck. So this is all about good times. Uh, hashtag thirst timer Valentino with the coffee cup, drink and beer. Uh, cheers to that, uh, Valentino. All right, let's do this. Mm, so good. Uh, all right, we got about 20 seconds before we get into it. I want to say what's up to Charles Keeley, first timer. And Tony Diaz, first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. And then let's get the uh, the Bruce Willis, John McClain. You want to? Hey guys, by the way, welcome to the party, pal. To all you first timers, I also want you to uh, know that Mrs. Osier, the other night, I think it was Sunday night, Mrs. Osier uh, throws on Die Hard and and says, "There you go," and then leaves the room. <laughs> and I watched it all, and it was absolutely glorious. Actually, she did watch a little bit uh, with me at the beginning. Hey, Alan Norris, looking good. Love it, love it, love it. And we've got some uh, we've got some jaw jacking coming at you a little bit later today with our very own Eric Taylor. So stay tuned for that. But guys, as fun as it is to, you know, do shout outs and play sound effects and welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we've got work to do. Wah, wah, wah. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news Fresh wash it. over us in an awesome way. I will see you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the Cybersecurity Headlines for Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. I'm Rich Straffolino. Solar Winds Attackers Changing Tactics. Britain's National Cybersecurity Center, or NCSC, and other Five Eyes Alliance members published an alert detailing new attack methods from this Russian SVR linked group. 
This seized the group focusing on stealing system-issued access tokens from compromised personal devices. These devices often connect to corporate resources, opening the door to further cloud-based platforms. Once accessing a cloud platform, the attackers register their own devices as legitimate to gain persistence. The NCSC also published mitigations for this approach, urging all organizations to familiarize themselves. Yeah. Okay, so a couple things here. Uh, one, I'm going to... I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy, okay? But the whole reason that we were able to uncover the SolarWinds attack was because they registered another phone on a FireEye executive's account as a multi-factor authenticator. That's how FireEye got tipped off that they were in there and what launched what would end up being one of the most incredible investigations of all time, resulting in discovering one of the most epic hacks of all time. Really quick, um, again, threatactoracademy.com. I don't um, I don't endorse or promote this, but I will tell you that the SolarWinds breach is hands down the most sophisticated, elegant, and just unbelievably professionally executed cyber attack in history that is known publicly, right? I'm sure there's like some really, really um, fancy ones that never made the light of day because they were that good at, uh, you know, OPSEC and stuff. But if you don't know about the solar winds or you don't know all the details, it is phenomenal what Russia did. Okay. And again, I'm not, I'm not super happy about it because they did infect like department of treasury, department of justice, you know, 18,000 companies, 425 of the Fortune 500 companies were impacted. Russia really, really deep in there, basically using SolarWinds as a um, initial infection vehicle, uh, the Orion platform. I won't get into all the details. I'll just tell you, if you... Um, uh, if <laughs> if you... Um, don't know enough about the SolarWinds breach, absolutely study it. There's tons of YouTube videos. There's uh, large overviews. There's technical deep dives. Consume all of it. This is another one of those just chef's kiss uh, case studies that you can learn, A, to protect yourself, but B, to really, really blow interviewers' minds. If you're able to pull anything from this particular story, I won't... <clears throat> Excuse me. I won't go into a deep dive on the whole technical execution of it right now, but it is phenomenal. Uh, now, what they're saying here is Intel out of uh, the UK and other five I Intel agencies, so like Canada, Australia, US. I don't know who the fifth I is. Maybe Germany. I'm not sure. But the the point is, they're saying that they're seeing SolarWinds attackers steal session took cookies, uh, <laughs> a cookie, a session token or cookie. Maybe we should call them cookies and just make it faster to talk about these things. But a session cookie or token, and then using it to in, log into an, um, a victim's account. And because the cookie will expire after a certain period of time, they will establish a new um, uh, multi-factor authentication device, like a phone or something or an email address, in order to be able to authenticate. Now, remember, you should always implement multi-factor authentication, obviously. like It's ridiculous not to implement it. But it can be, it's not bulletproof, it can be circumvented. It also means that the threat actors do have access to username and password of the victims, presumably, even if you're passwordless, if it's multi-factor and they're registering one new form of factor, then the chances are that the chances are that they have the other factor, right? The phone call is coming from inside the room. Really quickly, shout out to Eric Taylor who just brought this on somehow. This is a thing. Hopefully, Tookie is not a pre-existing word that means something that I don't know what that means. And it's not NSFW. I would really hope I didn't make a mistake like that. 
Uh, but anyways, TLDR, you should be, um, I, here's the thing. I don't know off the top of my head, um, how to set alerts. If, um, thank you. New Zealand's the fifth eye. Uh, I don't know how to set alerts. Um, but there's gotta be a way to set alerts for when a new factor of authentication is configured or enabled. We allow our end users to self-service and log into, you know, at least on Office 365. I'm sure Google's the same. You can self-service login, configure a new phone, new phone number, new account, new six-digit PIN, whatever. Um, so IT doesn't have to be burdened with that management. But there's got to be some audit log that says, hey, uh, Osher G just registered a new multi-factor authentication thing and maybe have some way of seeing um, IP address or region or location or maybe configure some orchestration to fire off an email or a communication to um, that end user asking them to confirm. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but just be, or, or again, sorry, I'm doing this um, like live and shooting from the hip, but like maybe if it's a IT a user account or an executive user account. Maybe you fire it off if it's just like Carl's account. Maybe you don't. I, I don't know. It really needs to be, um, it, you really need it to be uh, appropriate for your risk profile. And I'm just getting confirmation now from BSEC that you can lock down MFA and get alerts for new users or new machines. No, no, no like it's no surprise, right? When new users are created and when new forms of authenticating are enabled, you want to know about that because that's that's a thing. Okay, let's go. Brand domains used in spam operation. Guardio Labs oh, yeah, details about a spam campaign called Subdomailing operated by the threat actors Resec Ads. This group used dead or affiliated domains of established brands, things like eBay, the ACLU, Marvel, and VMware to send spam messages. Because these come from trusted domains, they often get around SPF, DKIM, and DMARC. The operation shows significant sophistication, checking device type and location to tailor spam messages to optimize click-through. Researchers found the group actively scanning for subdomains that might have only been used by a brand briefly. All right. Well, that's actually really, really interesting. So, okay, this is actually really interesting. So when we... Threat actors are really good, okay? Again, threatactoracademy.com. Threat actors are really good. And a, a lot of times our email security gateways are configured um, to reject emails that look fishy or spammy, right? Um, or malicious in, in intent. And some of the controls we have are DKIM, DMARC, SPF. Um, and I forget, it doesn't matter what the... Um, what the acronyms stand for. They're just like, you kind of, you kind of always do them together. And it looks at the domain it's coming from the legitimacy of that domain. If the sender is spoofing its address, um, then, you know, it can, it can detect that and help manage that. So what they're doing here is, you know, as a bug bounty person or a web, uh, web app security person, our methodology are like I'm. I'm that guy. I, I I should have my red team shirt on. I play one on TV. I'm not. The cyber professionals will use tools like Tom uh, Tom Nom Nom's Asset Finder that Nerman asked about yesterday, or somebody asked about yesterday. I was going to install. You can use these to find subdomains, so you can find legacy systems or development systems or test systems or systems that were deprecated or sunsetted or legacy, like whatever, choose your adventure on what word terminology you want to use. But the problem is 
the brands actually built out those domains as legitimate. Now, the threat actors are using those tools. This is brilliant, by the way. The threat actors are using those tools because they basically have established trust and they're out there available for registration. So that's the thing here. The, 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 the trouble with defending from this is that if I'm Marvel Studios or Sony Pictures or let's uh, Sierra Nevada, let's throw some love to Sierra Nevada, right? And you run some marketing campaign. The marketing people are like, yeah, give me this domain, like, like drinksierranevada.com. Like, like, let's run that campaign or whatever. They run it for three months and then it's over. They're not going to renew the domain name because they don't care anymore. It just, it just expires, but it's got legitimacy, right? It's got legitimacy and trust and all and, and reputation scores and such. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're basically scooping up those. And you can see they bought 8,000 domains, right? Registering a domain costs money, right? Like 10 bucks, 20 bucks a year. So, you know, they spent whatever this is, uh, $160,000 on domains. You think that they're not going to get their return on investment? Bruh, come on, man. They're definitely going to make uh, money. And that's that's why it's a business model, right? They're investing $150,000 into resources and domains and assets. Then they got to build a little infrastructure out. No big deal. Uh, fire off the emails. And all they got to do is break even. And it's all worth it. And in reality, they're straight up, um, they're straight up making more than that. I'm certain of it. So... Be mindful of this. I, you know, honestly, I'm not really sure how you can really, you can't, I don't know if you can technically defend against this because you can't just block domains willy nilly, right? Because like subscribe.marvel.com, that's a legitimate subdomain. You know what I mean? Like at, at one point, the only two things I can think of is a, um, a one would be, um, if you can subscribe to like threat Intel feeds that are like dynamically updated for your firewall, like they call it typically, I think they call it like next gen firewalls or um, Palo Alto's firewalls. They call it wildfire, I believe. But anyways, the point is that basically threat Intel feeds and vendors are, are dynamically updating your block list on your firewall. That's one way. And then two, educate your end users, right? Like I know it's, it's so pedestrian and so fundamental, but dude, educate your end users. Carl, Netflix is not going to contact you and ask you like to log into your account, you know, to get like a 10% discount or something. Like, just like stop doing that. Okay. Uh, but this is a clever bit of ruse by the uh, threat actors. I will say that. Yeah. Okay. So BSEC also says, uh, this is true, but I don't know if this would work for this particular issue, but, um, some, some, uh, firewalls and such in browsers, honestly, will um, if a domain is, uh, relatively new, like it's only been around for three days, that's basically new infrastructure that threat actors have stood up. Um, then you won't be able to, you, you know, you could configure it not to access it X number of days, X number of months, whatever. Uh, that will introduce some friction because you can have some false positives with that. Um, and the marketing people aren't going to like that very much because they spin up domains all the time. But uh, that is another technique uh, that you can uh, do. Steel Giant hit with cyber attack. The firm Thyssen Krupp confirmed threat actors gained access to systems in its automotive production division last week. The company characterized it as an early stage attack, but shut down IT systems in the division as a precaution. 
German media reported the attack directly impacted a Saarland-based plant, which handles steel production, research and development, as well as collaboration with outside entities. The company did not say when it expects to resume for production at the facility. This marks a continuing trend for the industrial supply chain giant, with Thyssen Krupp seeing cyber espionage and other attacks in 2022, 2020, 2016, and 2013. All right. You know you're a parent if you see the word Krupp and your mind immediately goes to Captain Underpants. And if you don't know what Captain Underpants is, that's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Tra-la-la! <laughs> All right. Hey, manufacturing um, has held the top spot for ransomware victims for a number of years. Healthcare is making a push to unseat Manufacturing is the number one, but basically manufacturing, there's a direct impact and correlation to revenue generation and ransomware incidents. If you stop the machines from making widgets, you can't sell widgets, right? It's, it's, it's very, very simple. So manufacturing has been all up in that. On top of that, um, you know, manufacturing, you typically have um, a lot of, you know, workers that are using shared accounts. No, you know, I, I hate the term knowledge worker. Uh, frankly, I think it's very uh, derisive of, of of manufacturing line workers and stuff like that. But um, it's not uncommon to have, like, say, a Windows machine at a manufacturing station, and you have uh, three people rotating on a, uh, shifts, right? So, like, I punch out at five five o'clock, and BSEC shows up at five o'clock, and we hand off. I'm not logging out of that computer, and BSEC's logging in. It's just logged in, uh, printing money basically, right? So now you've got a shared account. You still got to put multi-factor authentication stuff on it. So um, you can't make, you don't make the passwords hard, right? Because, or they're written down. Long story short, there's a lot of opportunity for compromise um, in those environments. And they're typically running, uh, not always, but like they can be running legacy operating systems uh, because you know what? It works. Set it and forget it. Don't disrupt it. It's moving 24-7, making money, aka printing, uh, making widgets or whatever it's doing. Don't mess with it. So manufacturing gets hit hard. Uh, and this is just another example. So if you do work in manufacturing, it, it's 2024. You should be more than aware of uh, the fact that ransomware is going to get you, going to target you. Uh, 100,000 people, 44 billion in revenue for this company, a company that big, there's no question that, um, they would be a target and, um, of a cyber attack and, and frankly, very difficult to prevent it with a hundred thousand people working there. That's a hundred thousand, um, attack surfaces for a threat actor to target, get into, uh, I'll tell you, man, with enough time and enough motivation. You know, any business can be compromised. Um, it's it's just a matter of that. So, uh, for your own um, for your own self, uh, I'll say this: I I almost should make a video about this uh, or a sound effect because I say it often enough. With tabletop exercises, guys, those can be very very uh, useful for mitigating down the impact of a ransomware incident. You should be doing them. Ransomware is like the token scenario for a tabletop exercise, but you have to be like legit about execution on it. You can't be like, like it, it annoys me. And like, Kevin, get ready, Kevin. Cause I'm coming after you. It, it just annoys me when I'm like, all right, like, you know, um, user calls and reports that they see a message on their screen saying that they need to send Bitcoin. You suspect it's ransomware. What are you doing? It's like restore from backups. 
Ugh. And it's like, oh my God. Like, again, you've got, again, you, you have to take the high road. You have to be chill. You have to be cool. And you have to say, okay, yeah, restore from backups. Um, who's going to be restoring that uh, machine? Well, it's an end user's machine. We'll, we'll dispatch a field engineer. Okay. Like who's dispatching it? What's that system look like? Oh, well, we go into like this server and we create a ticket. It's a homegrown solution. Well, guess what? You log into that server and see the same ransom note. Oh, oh my God. Intrigue. Now, what do you do, Kevin? It, we're getting reports all across the company that the, the notes be in there. The call is coming from inside the house. The CEO has just walked into your office and turned his laptop around and it's got the note. What do you do? You're going to dispatch 100,000 field engineers? I don't think so, pal. Let's go. All right. Lockbit. Don't call it a comeback. Following the takedown of the high-profile ransomware group last week, we're seeing signs it's starting to spin back up operations. The group's admin, known as Lockbit Sup, opened a new extortion site over the weekend. It lists five current victims, but lacks the backlog of victim data from previous attacks. Yesterday, we covered how Britain's National Crime Agency, or NCA, seemed to taunt and partially dox Lockbits up, echoing how the group previously provoked its victims. And now... All right. So, again, this is our daily dose of Michael Jackson's popcorn. Uh, mods, if I can get the Michael Jackson popcorn, please. Uh, Lockbit Sup is the uh, the Lockbit uh, you know website administrator, obviously uh, a key player in the Lockbit ransomware uh, gang. Law enforcement has uh, you know been after him. Uh, they say they know where he is. They you know they're saying things like we know what kind of car you drive and uh, that you're you know, you've been lying about different things. Lockbit Sup himself, uh, I'm assuming it's a male, has come out and said that. Uh, it's likely that the site got taken down by PHP. And no surprise, uh, Lockbit is trying to relaunch its service. Guys, say what you will, but remember, Lockbit ransomware affiliate service is just a business. Their business is crime, and it's absolutely terrible. Uh, thank you, uh, Justin Gold. Here we go. Listen. Lockbit is a business, okay? And... Businesses just like you and I protect need to have business continuity. When bad happens, it's bad, right? Like we talk about cyber incidents dis disrupting operational services. This isn't a this is essentially the same thing. Law enforcement hacked into their server, took it over and brought it down and effectively are doing a, a reverse ransomware attack on them except instead of money, uh international law enforcement wants this dude's freedom straight up bring to justice. That's what's going on. So just like any other business, they are trying to execute a business continuity plan and relaunch services because that's how they make money. Cash, that, like it's, it's, it's almost comical. The irony here that the threat actor group is the one who's trying to execute incident response and business continuity, AKA like disaster recovery. And law enforcement is the one, you know, kind of doing the threat actor model in this one. It's a very, um, to use a, 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 GR, a GRE vocab word I haven't used since I studied for the uh, exam, it's very much a juxtaposition um, of roles in this instance. Juxtaposition, word of the day, the more you know. Um, so anyways, I love this. It doesn't look like they were able to get Lockbit back up, um, which is good. Um, but I could see them... I could see them getting back up pretty pretty quickly. 
They arrested some affiliates and they got 14,000 accounts shut down. Okay, that that's good. So basically, even if they relaunch, they may not have they may not have the um the user base anymore, right? So, you know, this is this is devastating. Like to kind of put it, I think put it as a comparison, it would be like if the Simply Cyber YouTube channel got shut down and I launched the Daily Cyber Threat Brief on SC Cafe, my other YouTube channel. Like some of you would be there, but we wouldn't have 474 people on the next show, right? Like there is a material impact on users or viewers in this case. So this is a, this make no, no, no uh, mistake. This is a legitimate impact of material consequences to Lockbit ransomware affiliate. And I love it. Let's go. Take them down, man. From our sponsor, Egress. People are the biggest risk to your organization's security, and they are most vulnerable when using email. With more advanced threats getting through secure email gateway detection every day, Egress provides AI-powered email security that eliminates both inbound phishing attacks and outbound data breaches. What's more, Egress's adaptive security architecture personalizes security for each user based on the real-time risk score. Visit egress.com to learn more about Egress's intelligent cloud email security suite and start detecting email threats your secure gateway is missing today. Meta All right. Hey, first-timers, I got something for you. Well, apparently, hey, first-timers, Eric Taylor's got something for you. 50 Bomb coming in. Just become best friends. Yep. All right. So we've got a bunch of new friends. Simply Cyber Squad memberships. We've got a hundred dropping down. Can we just become best friends. Yep. All right. So hey, um, as we launch into the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club, I do want to say shout out and love to Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions and the one hundred new squad members who are joining right now. Uh, open that emo tray and drop the Oprah. If you're happy that you got it, you can thank Mr. Eric Taylor. Let's go breakfast club. Exactly 830 on the dot. So shout out to Nick Barker. He knows I, I it, it just hits just right when I nail it right at the mid roll. Guys, if you're getting value from the stream, if you're getting value, whether it's entertainment, educational, or you're just super happy that, um, you're a squad member. Do me a favor, hit the like button really quickly and uh, basically pay it forward. It helps other people discover the uh, YouTube channel and the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. That's just, that's why I ask you to hit the like button. It's not for vanity metrics. It's literally so other people can find out what we're doing in here and uh, check it out. Take it easy, Chad Green. All right, guys. Hey, thanks again to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and... As I teased earlier, anti-siphon training. Guys, Zach Hill, Jason Blanchard, Deb Wigley, John Strand. The team over at anti-siphon training is straight up crushing it. They are here to disrupt the traditional cyber training industry, and they're doing a damn fine job of it. Sorry, Kennedy. By providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position, they offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with their community in a fun and inclusive way. Dan Ogle with the squads. Guys, if you didn't know, go to antisiphontraining.com right now. They have dozens of courses that you can take for $0. They also have like a whole stable of other courses that you could take advantage of. It's awesome. 
go to Anti-Siphon Training, click on calendar. The trainings are all uh, live trainings, so you can see their calendar. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow you can get into software-defined radios for space signal analysis with Tim Fowler, right? Miter attack next week with Kerry Roberts. Choose your own adventure with anti-siphon training. It's epic. Giddy up on it. All right, guys. Every day of the week, we've got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Malik, um, Malik, yeah, yeah, who's? Hold on, let me see this. Malik. I don't see in chat, Malik. One second. Is Malik in chat? The Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Where are you? Yes. Um, Malik Yavuz. Malik Yavuz. I don't see his in chat. Listen, here's the deal. Simply Cyber Community Challenge is a perfect way if you're serious about building your professional network. All of you, for five minutes a day, go to LinkedIn, search for the hashtag that you see at the bottom of the screen, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and connect with the people posting, and most importantly, comment on their posts and connect with the people in comments. If you connect with the people in the comments and you comment, the next person that connects with the people in comments is going to connect with you, and that's how you passively build your network. Ask anyone who has done this in chat, and they will tell you the value it has. Now, we need one person to carry the baton every day. So if you would like to carry the baton, please raise your hand and volunteer to take the baton. And you, too, can have your day to share with the community why you're into cybersecurity. Why are you into cybersecurity? Why are you here with Simply Cyber? What value are you realizing? What resources? We love to learn about each other and build meaningful relationships. That's the point. So whoever wants the baton, please let me know and go on to LinkedIn, share your story. Important, use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and tag me so I can amplify it. All right, good stuff. Now, every single day of the week has a special segment and Tidbits Tuesday is Tuesday where I share a little bit about me and about myself. Um, usually I like to think ahead of times and I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't uh, have one, but I guess I'll share one. This is kind of fun. So I, I recently, I love taking notes. I don't know if you guys are the kind of people that like take notes. Uh, like I like to write, um, I like to write notes, obviously, even though I'm very digital, right? So I, I, you know, I'll write some notes and I bought this rocket book. Okay. I bought this rocket book and it's super cool. I love it. And the idea is that you can write notes and then snap a picture and they get digitally transferred and that you, you know, so you can have the best of both worlds. Now I get ads all the time for like more inserts for the for the for the paper in a rocket book. And I remember thinking like why would you buy that? Like it's it's you you wipe the pages clean and then you take new notes. It's ridiculous. Who's going to buy more of these? Well, fast forward to me, um I've almost filled this book up and I haven't erased a single page. I also haven't taken the snap and digitized anything. I'm literally using it like a paper notebook. And I'm okay with that, which is insane. So anyways, good on you, Rocketbook. Um, I do hope to take advantage of Rocketbook's uh, other benefits at some point. But if you're a Rocketbook user, shout out in chat. Um, um, shout out in chat. So not a deep fake, not a deep fake baton. Uh, hey, not a deep fake. Let us know if you're asking for the baton and we'll make sure to get that to you. Let's go. Come on, let's go. 
Meta forms EU election team. The company says the EU-specific elections operations center will focus on investigating uses of generative AI to trick voters ahead of the EU elections this June. The team will also implement specific mitigations in real time. Critics say that Meta's policy on AI-generated media could ultimately prove either unworkable or at least lacking any real teeth, as proving something as misinformation can become extremely time-intensive, especially given how quickly AI-generated media can be created. No word if the company will create a similar team to work in the U.S. or U.K. All right, Priceless Pancake with the Super Chat. Use paper for notes and hit that like button. Become best friends. Yep. Thank you, Priceless Pancake. I agree with you. Um, all right, so you know, I appreciate that Meta. Um, I appreciate that Meta is, you know, at least trying to, you know, whether or not this is legitimate or this is lip service, I don't know. You know, maybe they're um, they're doing it from pressure by the government. I'm not sure, uh, but I appreciate that they're doing it. I I will say, um, okay, so not a deep fake's got the baton. Not a deep fake. We look forward to you, you doing that. You do have to share your real name so we know who where to find you. Um, they point out some of the obvious problems right away. AI uh, generated fake information can move quickly. Um, you know, it can influence public perception. So even if you take it down, the damage is already done. Um, you know, we saw the um, there's been like multiple uh, political smear ads that are, you know, kind of AI generated and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I personally suck at Instagram and don't really use the platform. So I don't know what kind of like AI uh, misinformation or deep fake stuff's going on in Instagram. Although I will say, I watched a video the other day, this is slightly unrelated, but I watched a video the other day about basically creating fake like thirst trap accounts with AI, where you basically can create like, you know, very attractive uh, models and like have many, 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 many pictures of them um, that are fake, basically. And then you just like set up a basically a fake Instagram account. Uh, and then you you basically trick people into like, you know, basically giving you money and stuff. Um, so anyways, uh, I appreciate that they're doing this again. To me, the, the, the TLDR here is I, I find it not laughable, but very, very like a uh, sign of the times quasi dystopian that the big tech companies are the ones driving policy changes around innovative technology instead of federal governments. The US federal government is moving glacially in making policy and reform and regulation and legislation around AI and the you know civil use of AI and, and mitigating down the abusive use of AI they're they're moving so slow and then you see like meta and google and amazon and, and these uh individuals um moving swiftly and trying to take action you know so like it's just it's just it's comical that like the big tech companies are the ones driving the innovations in the policy so mm. micro strategy account hack leads to crypto scheme Blockchain investigator Zach XBT discovered that threat actors obtained access to business intelligence giant MicroStrategy's X account. The hijacked account claimed to launch a new Ethereum token using MicroStrategy's stock ticker symbol. Zach XBT estimates the post resulted in over $440,000 worth of cryptocurrency stolen. 
While these types of schemes are common on X and other social platforms, MicroStrategy founder Michael Saylor's advocacy for Bitcoin may have made the scheme a little more believable. All right, hold on. I um, I, I got, honestly, I'll admit it, I got caught in mod chat just bagging on um, the responses to AI. Uh, MicroStrategy's Twitter account, I don't know who MicroStrategy is, but... Um, Michael Saylor's software firm sent out a post announcing the launch of a new token and a link for claiming the tokens. Um, okay, so guys, you know what? This is basically um, the threat actor got $440,000 of stolen um, Bitcoin. This attack is common. Now, first of all, Finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so I'm not a crypto evangelist. That's our very own Charles Finfrock. Um, also, I know Justin Gold's a big, I think it's Justin Gold's a big uh, crypto fan. I, I think crypto is ridiculous. Um, it has no utility, which is part of it. Like the only value of crypto is convincing someone else that it's worth more than what you paid for it. Um, but this this attack is common. Guys, whether it's a Twitter account, an Instagram account, um, a website, whatever. We see this most effectively with Twitter. But when you get a compromised account, essentially a threat actor is leveraging all the trust that that account has established over time. And when they post something like, check this out, all that trust is baked in and you're going to have all sorts of victims going after it. So the compromised account is not really the true victim. It's the followers of that account that are the victim. We've, we've seen this with crypto a million times, right? Famously. Um, what's his face, like Elon and Bill Gates and a couple other like um, Jack Dorsey, like a couple other big Twitter accounts all got hacked at the same time um, a while ago and did a similar crypto scam. Uh, you don't see it that often anymore, but there's like a really well-known attack. We saw Linus Tech Tips get compromised this way where they'll run this like live stream with Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk and a couple other people. And it looks like a live broadcast. And they're saying that like, here's a Bitcoin wallet to send money to. Um, it, it's the same thing, dude. It's basically putting on uh, a mask of someone who's like legitimate and throwing your hat out and saying, Hey, throw some money in here. And people are like, yes, I'll throw money in there. That's all this is. Okay. So Obviously, you need to protect social media accounts, especially if you're a larger firm and you've got multiple people being able to touch and access that account. Um, you really, you really should have uh, a detection mechanism. Like anytime the account sends something, have like an uh, a webhook fire off and send a message to like the marketing team. So if if this is a malicious post you can respond as quickly as possible because I do think there is some level of accountability to the actual Twitter account holder that if they get compromised and they're being weaponized to victimize other uh, people who follow the Twitter account, it is incumbent upon you to take action and respond swiftly. So it's not just about protection. We got to get our detect and respond in. This is why I love, I love NIST cybersecurity framework. Where's my iHeart NIST? Oh, I love the NIST cybersecurity framework. So smart. All right. Also, really quickly, since it is Tidbits Tuesday, I do want to share with you um, this really quickly because um, this is um, on brand and and it's awesome. 
Um, I think I've mentioned this before. I read this book. You can listen to the audio version of this book on Spotify for free. Now, I pay for Spotify, so I don't know if that's why I was able to listen to it for free. But this book, Easy Money by Ben McKenzie um, and Jacob Silverman, does an amazing job of breaking down the cryptocurrency ecosystem, the scams and frauds associated with it. Great, great detail. This book is awesome. Awesome. Also, it's the same Ben McKenzie from the OC. I guess I, I'm too old to know what that is, but um, he, I, he was an actor. But this this book is not a cash grab. This book is legit um, journalism and wicked, wicked good. I can't recommend this book enough. So good. So good. Political operative admits to deepfake robocall. Over the weekend, political consultant Steve Kramer confirmed he commissioned a robocall that used generative AI to impersonate President Biden in New Hampshire's presidential primary. The call attempted to discourage participation, reaching about 5,000 people. Kramer framed the move as a way to draw attention to the dangers of AI. He characterized the call as costing less than $500 to produce. He also confirmed he commissioned a robocall impersonating Senator Lindsey Graham earlier this year as a test, so at least he's bipartisan. North Lindsey Graham from the great state of South Carolina talking about his meemaw. All right. Um, all right. So veteran political consultant, you know, this guy, he said bipartisan, but this guy is basically just a mercenary. Great cash, homie. You pay me. I, I do what you say. Okay. And he basically commissioned a robocall that sound just like Joe Biden saying, don't go vote. Now this was, um, this happened already. This was very, very um, damaging to fair, open democratic election processes, right? Uh, I hope this guy gets held accountable. Um, when I see this story, the very first thing I think about is um, Ross Ulbrich, which I know allow me to make the connection here. Ross Ulbrich was the original, uh, I, I guess, uh, site administrator of Silk Road, the very first online dark web marketplace where you can get like drugs or uh, weapons, fake fake passports, stuff like that. Um, the Silk Road run by Ross Ulbrich, uh, when he got caught, the judge in the case gave him like two life sentences. And the idea behind it was she, want, she the judge, wanted to make sure that an example was made to for, like deter somebody else from doing dark web marketplaces. Now, unfortunately, it blew up in her face because it brought so much attention to dark web marketplaces and how much he was making that um, people began to realize like, oh crap, like this is a huge business opportunity. And now you can't, you like you take down a dark web marketplace like Alpha Bay and like two more pop up like Genesis and stuff. So anyways, T TLDR, I'm thinking with these robo calls and AI use, there, it's very, very hot right now and very, very sensitive around using AI in a weaponized fashion, um, you know, as we were all talking about it. Shall we play? So I could see them making uh, this guy an example. Now, unfortunately, the only other thing I can think of, which is not fair, uh, but again, tinfoil hat, Jerry, if you will, tinfoil hat for you first timers is basically where I say something that's just like a hot take and hat is not rooted in any reality uh, or any informed uh, speculation. Unfortunately, this guy is obviously a power player. Steve Kramer is the, the veteran political uh, consultant. 
and he's getting hired by both sides, Democrat and Republican. So I could actually see this guy being well-connected. And when you're well-connected with very powerful people, you typically don't get brought to justice with the same level of um, oomph as somebody like Ross Ulbrich, who doesn't have powerful allies in powerful places, right? So again, speculative hot take. Maybe this guy just gets a slap on the wrist and a good finger wagging and then goes back to you know his yacht and uh, cruising around in um, the chalets. But um, we'll see. But dude, this is definitely not okay. And and honestly, it just demonstrated some of the early capabilities of uh, robotic AI voice uh, um, mimicking. Korea using malicious NPM packages. The cybersecurity firm Phylum released a report detailing this practice. North Korean affiliated attackers planted several fake NPM packages in Node.js, attempting to typo squat on otherwise popular packages. These packages attempted to install info stealers focused on crypto wallets and credentials. The researchers found enough test files and code copies to indicate this campaign represented a work in progress. That being said, it found overall that the malicious packages were downloaded over 300 times. You know, I hate to... Okay, so listen, North Korea has Lazarus Group. North Korea um, does have very good cybersecurity threat actors, okay? Let's just take a look at them. Uh, Lazarus Group, uh, DOJ. All right, let's take a look at... I think it's Sun Jung Pak. Let's take a look at this guy really quickly. There he is. Oh, no, it's Park. I got it wrong. Whatever. This guy right here, he's the ringleader. Let's bring you up, ringleader. All right. So this guy right here, all it's all fuzzy, but yeah, this is Lazarus Group, okay? And here's his like two cronies, okay? These three, this is Lazarus Group, okay? So like they have faces. We know who they are. And they're very good. They've stolen almost I, I, like a billion dollars plus uh, in cryptocurrency. So no, no bad, nothing bad. Okay. Now, hold on. Juwan Hart with a super chat. Do you think AI is the generation's big invention, similar to social media for the aughts and the internet for the eighties, nineties? We just become best friends. Yep. Absolutely. Juwan Hart. I actually will go as far as to say, I think we live in the AI age, right? I, I think we put, I think we closed the window on the information age when AI came on because it's basically going to become baked into everything and a standard practice, you know, people are going to grow up using it. If you don't know how to use AI, you're, you're basically going to be left behind and be called a dinosaur. Like whatever, whatever, um, you know how the kids call older people boomers now because they don't get it. Like, it'll be like younger kids being like, oh, you're such a Zoomer because you don't use AI, nerd. All right. So thanks, Juan Hart, for the super chat. All right. So Lazarus Group, um, you know, they have skills and stuff. But when we think of really, really good uh, espionage, we think China. When we think of really, really good, elegant, sophisticated hacks, we think Russia. Um, and North Korea is there, but they're kind of like, um, I don't know. To me, like North Korea is like an octopus with like new tentacles. Like, like, like the tentacles got removed. They put robotic tentacles on. By the way, I know this is an absolutely absurd analogy, but like, like, North Korea has got the new, like octopus North Korea has got new tentacles and they're just like slapping around because they don't have good motor control. And they're just like, like trying it. Whereas like Russia's got like super motor control and they're just like, like surgically inserting themselves into systems with these octopus arms. That's what I see when I see this because North Korea typically will um, hack uh, through like stolen credentials, 
occasionally exploitation, but it's mostly stolen credentials. They've had an uptick in activity where they'll um, pose for job interviews to get jobs as developers in or IT administrators in companies. Presumably, I believe the um, the incentive there is to get access into businesses to make it easier to do further uh, crime, financial crimes, which is kind of their jam. Although they did jump into um, a Russian rocket company uh, recently, probably to steal blueprints. But but my point is, they're kind of a mess. They, like North Korea is kind of a mess in their like operational execution. Like I said, like the, the octopus with the arms, like this right here, they're targeting developers with malicious packages. They got uncovered halfway through as the story points out. So like, they're not even like executing fully They're They're trying to do it. And I would assume they're targeting developers a la the way that SolarWinds got compromised. If you go back and watch the SolarWinds where they, they can see like what the source code looks like, maybe inject themselves, maybe get some back doors injected into it. But it's just, I don't know, man. It's like the JV team. Like, yeah, I get it. You've got potential, kid. But like, you know, come on. Like, you're not you're not varsity yet. Um, but anyways, these are my thoughts on this. TLDR, I mean, obviously, you don't want to get hacked by um, North Korea or any other nation state. So be mindful when you're using NPM as a package manager. NPM, for some reason, really does get targeted quite often. But you could use GitHub or PyPy has had a couple malicious packages from time to time. If it's open source software and the, um, the, 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 the developers that have the commit permissions aren't really paying that close of attention, you can insert malware into things. So just be mindful of that, okay? That's why software supply chain is such a big deal right now because you could insert something here and then it gets pulled into a project here, which that project gets pulled into a project here then pulled up and then all of a sudden you got log4j on the discovery helicopter on Mars and you don't even know it because it's like three layers deep in the software supply chain. The U.S. Supreme Court hears social media cases. The court heard arguments in two related social media cases brought by the tech company association NetChoice. The first, Moody versus NetChoice, challenges a 2021 Florida law that prevents social media platforms from demonetizing or removing <laughs> political candidates or media outlets. The other is NetChoice versus Paxton, challenging a Texas law that prevents social media platforms from censoring users based on viewpoint. NetChoice argues both laws violate the First Amendment. SCOTUS will likely rule on both cases by June. All right, really quickly, Cyber Hamburger with a $20 super chat. Red badge, Cyber Hamburger. Great to see you. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, Jerry, for the CISP tips last week. Slayed the exam yesterday. I saw that on social media. Cyber Hamburglar, congratulations. Also have a second interview this afternoon for a cyber analyst role at a fintech company. Look at this guy, hashtag Team Slay. You better believe it. We're going to do a double. Actually, there you go. The the rare Ric Flair woo sound. Crushing exams, crushing job interviews. Dude, Cyber Hamburglar, this week is shaping up to be an epic one. Uh, go ahead and slay that interview. Best luck to you. Best wishes. And uh, way to inspire those in the Simply Cyber community. That is absolutely fantastic. All right. So we've got a Supreme Court uh, justice, uh, justice, a Supreme Court uh, hearing two laws. Um, I do love it when the Supreme Court gets involved. It seems like it seems like SummerSlam or like Royal Rumble. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, we've got these like, you know, Ninth Circuit Court judges doing things. And that's fine. That's like, you know, Monday Night Raw or whatever. But when the Supreme Court gets involved and they're listening to stuff, Oh yeah, that's pay-per-view uh, watching right there. 
Wouldn't it be cool? Okay, so sorry, really quickly, just to be ridiculous. Wouldn't it be cool if like the Supreme Court justices, they met in, I wonder if we could use Sora, the, the text-to-video solution that's about to be released by OpenAI to get this, but hear me out. Wouldn't it be cool, instead of the Supreme Court walking into like a boring, you know, mahogany, uh, you know, velvet courtroom, Imagine, if you will, they were at Madison Square Garden and they'd be like introducing him one at a time, like Justice Scalia and like just running down from the uh, from the, the locker room and then sliding into the mat. But like in the middle of the ring is actually the Supreme Court uh, justices like um, desk, right? Like in the defendant in the or whatever there. And they come running down like Clarence Thomas has got like ultimate warrior face paint on. I just I think that would be awesome. Note to self, as soon as Sora becomes publicly available, I am absolutely doing that. I think it would be hilarious. All right. So, dude, social media firms are talking about blocking and censorship, banning content. This is a real hot button topic. Not really cybersecurity, by the way, I want to point out. This is more of a social thing. Uh, but you know, obviously it's very easy to point to like, um, hate, hate speech and hate crime. Uh, it's very easy to say that's a problem, but there's a big gray area on here are my opinions and thoughts. Why am I not able to express them? Because you don't like them. Nah, I don't know. But you know, it, it, it's a very murky water. Um, things are escalating in the United States around, uh, support of like hate, especially like with, um, like the uh, Palestine Israeli uh, situation going on. And like, for some reason, a lot of uh, hates being thrown around there. So it is a tough decision. I, I mean, I'm glad we have these like Supreme court justices that are in place to kind of help guide social uh, like policy and law around these type of topics. But I mean, this isn't really a cyber story, so we'll see. They did say that they, they suspect it violates the first amendment, which is obviously uh, freedom of speech. So you know, that, there it is. All right. And they're saying that the law, the whoa, geez, the law is almost too broad and covers too many things. So we'll see. Anyways, I think, I think the, uh, Royal rumble of the of Supreme court is the, is the, uh, the headline here. Okay. A reminder that we are currently having an open call for a, all right, here we go. All right, if you were here just for the news, before we roll out, I want to remind you all that uh, later today at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Cyber Starters Season 1 Retrospective is happening. So if you don't know, this is Ryan Larvick, and I'm Gerald Ozier, obviously the guy next to him. Uh, we did a season, eight episodes of talking to cyber entrepreneurs about how they got funded. Did they bootstrap? How do they market? When do they hire people? When do they fire people? If you're even remotely interested in a side hustle or starting your own business, this show is for you. That's why I created it. Now, we just finished season one. If I know many of you were regulars in the streams. This episode today is explicitly intended for you to help us shape what season two looks like. I love collaboration. I love feedback. I love constructive criticism. Dude, I get up here. This, this show, like... I get up here because I want to deliver value to you. So for me, taking feedback from you, I can better serve you, right? That's how I roll. I, I'm a, a leader who serves. So if you have the time, I would genuinely appreciate you show up today at uh, 1 p.m. and be part of Helping Shape Season 2. All right, guys, we've got jawjacking with our very own Eric Taylor coming on hot. I've got to go to the Citadel and teach because it is a Tuesday, but... We're going to see what happens there. 
So let me go ahead and pause the music. Guys, if you're here just for the news, thank you very much. Have a great day. Be wonderful. Let's go ahead and make the transition into jaw jacking. Oh, by the way, for whoever said it yesterday, we are going to be putting jaw jacking on Simply Cyber Cafe. I think I might be actually um, coming up with a strategy, which I'll, I'll cover with you all uh, in greater detail at a later time. There is our friend, Eric Taylor. Eric, how are you, sir? Man, I think I'm starting to wake up on the wrong side of spicy today. I'll tell you what. Oh, no. Oh, no. Looks like we might have some of the dolphin action today. All right, chat. Uh, do me a favor. Be good for Eric Taylor. Uh, keep him in check. Keep him in line. Eric, enjoy chat. Have fun today, man. Uh, be well, everybody. Until next time, stay secure. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Hope everybody's doing well. Let's go ahead. We need some We need some music in here. We need to jam it up. Hold on. Let me. So the one thing I was going to talk about, we'll do this and we'll do this. You know what? We, we need some music. Some nerdcore. Oh my young internet. Beach, watch me pivot, loading up the baby Draco. Racks turn to heat as these cycles turn to Monero. Sitting through these dips while they patch in all they should go. Oh, that's a little bit more graphic than I remember. Sorry about that, Kenny. Oh, whoa. Let, let, let me let me <laughs> let me stop that. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me do a different song. Hold on. <laughs> that's a little bit more graphic than i anticipate oh sorry to all of those let's see we'll do this afro afro Huh, got something going on. Dude, that something happened to in mod chat. I'm not sure what's going on. I told him, Josie. Oh my god. So, yeah, sorry, we had some permission issues going on. I'll have to check up with mods. So, if you're just uh, coming in for the first time, you're like, what in the world is going on here? My name is Eric Taylor. For those who don't know, I am the CEO and Chief Forensic Operator here at Barricade Cyber Solution. And I want to welcome y'all to the jaw jacking session. Uh, I do want to, I want to play some. Ooh, you know what I could do? I know what I can do. Holy McMoley. What are you doing? Joseph, or Dagomit, Gerald. <laughs> so those who don't know, Dr. Gerald O's just sitting there. I just looked over, Dr. Gerald's over there in the back, uh, background, messing with, uh, with the graphics. I'm fancy. But yeah, I definitely need some, I need some nerdcore. <laughs> so why I'm prepping for some Q&A 
Yeah, this was the Cyber Games that just got released not too long ago. And I'm pretty sure this one is not explicit. Yeah, US Cyber Games, Dual Core, the Combine is open, everything's getting hacked, come on. Run out the Combine, we're ready to go. Running scans, building plans, taking over your host. Cross compiling code, plus right. develop knowledge. So what I was going to talk about here in just a minute. Drop your questions in the chat with Q, Cola Mark, now that we, looks like things are starting to get back into track, at least on the Discord server. So, Tim McDonald is, <laughs> what was that hacker rap, sort of? So it's a genre called uh, nerdcore. So um, the first one was by an artist. No, I don't. Why is it doing that? Because I'm doing it in the wrong window like a freaking boomer. There we go. So Tom and Don, yeah, was that uh, hacker rap? So what you want to do, it's honestly called nerdcore. And we'll bring this up. So the first one was um, Omi, and he w that song was called Domain, which is the the remix version of it. Uh, this one I'm playing right now is called Dual Core. So. But basically, you'll want to go to SoundCloud. So let me do it. It's literally a whole genre. Hope that's informational for you. Yep, as this is the U.S. Cyber Games theme song. And I'm pretty sure that most of the nerdcore is not copyrighted, but I will try to pause it from time to time. All right, so, yeah, here's one that came up, right? Home Labs. So there was a daggum debate that I inadvertently set off. So let, let's, let's dive into this for a second. Let me see if I can pull it up and if it will show up in my sandbox. So I was speaking about labs and uh, hack the box and just all this stuff, right? 
And I've kind of mentioned in the past that, and I'm only going to spend a few more moments on this. My, there's been a lot of people flooding my LinkedIn showing off the Hunter Strong shirts. Oh, here we are. I think. Nope, that is the Lockbit stuff that I hopefully we'll get into today. I think this might be it. Yep, so let's see. Will this come up on an unlogged in LinkedIn session? Let's see if it will. Yes, it will. Perfect. So there was a discussion that Dr. Gerald Osier put together. And let me... I do not have it launched. Give me one second and we'll do that. That is the wrong app. So we'll naturally zoom in here. Perfect. And that does it here. Perfect. Okay, good. Deal. So there was a discussion about, you know, having, you know, building labs and things of that nature. And we started having a discussion further, you know, with John Hanna. You know, that I said that home labs are useless. Right? Yes. Yes, I do. Me personally, I think most of the home labs are completely useless. Right? There was a time back in the old days when we used to walk uphill both ways with one shoe in the snow. Um, home labs were literally put together for passing a cert. Most of the time back in our day. It was passing passing the Cisco cert. You would literally go on, um, you know, MySpace. You know, people, you young bucks. MySpace was a platform that we used for social media before Facebook and all these other train wreck platforms. Um, but anyway, I digress. The we used to use that platform, and we would sell uh, these home labs over a bunch of Cisco like five or six Cisco switches and a router and things of that nature of the catalyst switches and things. And it was purely designed for you to crash course enough items or crash course the cert, and then you would sell it off. It was just to get your foot in the door, right? And it became completely useless. Like, you know, that's kind of like when you see today, like, ooh, you got an A plus cert. And don't get me wrong, back back in the day, a plus was, you know, a single test. It's A plus has definitely come a long way in the past several years, you know, where it is a two part and I think even a two day. So you got to take software one to uh, one day and then hardware the other day or something. I forget, but I do know it's a lot more advanced. But anyway, so things like when I am looking at a candidate to come work here at Barricade, I am. I will take a home lab with a massive grain of salt, massive grain of salt. It's like, okay, you know, you, you did some hack the box stuff. Yippity doodah. I mean, again, grain of salt. I don't hold a lot of weight to it. However, I have not looked at Eric Capuano, Capuano's, uh, course or his lab set up 
But if it is something that is actually worth a darn, then I would hold it with more weight. Just like I would hold Cyber Range from Black Hills Information Security with more weight. I hold Capture the Flags as more weight. And the reason why is you are going against real world scenarios. You have people who are in the trenches every day building these CTFs and testing your skills and knowledge to really go through these things. So yes, home labs are, are okay to learn some fundamentals, but to me personally, I don't hold those with a lot of weight. You know, again, if you're doing potentially Eric Capuanos, if you're doing definitely Black Hills, um, and I'm not I'm not slamming Eric by any means. I just I don't know the course, so I can't intelligently weigh on how I would do it. But at least if I see something with his name on it, I will definitely hold it with a higher grain of authority. Um, than you know a hack the box or something like that because the dude is smart from what i've the little bit that i know about the gentleman um so you know don't please don't be like eric's talking trash about you i'm honestly not i don't honestly know the dude uh, i just know of him due to reputation so that that's kind of where my whole home labs kind of rant went sideways so again if you if you're considering home lamps versus uh, CTFs and stuff like that, I strongly recommend doing CTFs. That's just me. But anyway. Radio service, check the pirate, fuel to the fire. Believe we bring the high grade, catch you in the shadow. You ain't ready for the night shade. Down on the backlash from the app crash. Mad sacks, slamming cables on every bad pass. Last lap for the second pass on the double free. Check the graph, all your address base and belong to me. We all right, so we do have... Now expand rapidly. Hacking, hacking, capturing, and a grand cubastery team. Yeah, we rain fire on the warlords. Supreme, see you from the top of the scoreboard. Yeah, that that one is that is definitely too explicit. If this was just my channel, I would play it on the place on the claim. But literally, shot the flames, get in the game, move forward, take aim, attack in defense, first place on the claim, hit with precision, strike like fighter flames. Yo, let's mark the payload. Yeah, we bring the flames. Let me know if the music is too loud. Like I said, I'm definitely let me please turn it down. There we go. Having trouble between work and working in memory forensics. I've been trying to read the art of memory forensics. However, do you know any good listen or type of things I can run while working? Memory forensics is a freaking fine art. It really is. So, oh yeah, that reminds me. Okay, so. You know, this will be another another one for you folks. The dude over there, and I forget his name. We'll flip this over. He actually, the dude from YouTube, uh, 13 Cubed, actually Hello did. Hello, everyone. My name is Richard Davis. And oh, there you go. His name is Richard Davis. But the dude is smart. He really, really is. Um... Let's see. So yeah, we have the Hyper-V memory forensics. Yeah, I. Wow, he's really created a lot of content recently. So yeah, he's got several memory forensics um, things. So you know, definitely check out that. 
that they're really short. They're really um, intuitive. He's actually got over on the training.13cube.com. Um, you know, he's got a whole course around investigating memory forensics. Um, and I'm pretty good at the memory forensics. Um, I'm no master by any means. Because a lot of times when we get brought in, the, the servers and workstations are being completely rebooted. Memory forensics is not a thing. So me being able to actually do memory forensics is very few and far between. But I love it when it the, when we get a chance to capture that because it is so much knowledge, right? So I really, really love you know digging into memory. So definitely check out 13 Cubed. Uh, I do think that they've got a, he's got a wealth of information. You know, the little bit that I've gone through some of uh, his YouTube and stuff. You know, it's it's on point. It really, really is. So, Dark uh, Dual Core was on. Oh, I did not know that. That'd be cool. What am I about to get from Dark? When Haircut Fish says he's going to send me something, I get nervous. All right, trying to get caught up on the chat. Let's see if we can play it, find something else. I do not want to do the hat commandments. Not every geek with a Commodore 64 can hack into NASA. It's on Spotify. Yeah, it is. They've actually got their own uh, Bandcamp.com. Most of them have been switching over to Bandcamp. Oh. <laughs> soapbox <laughs> all right how would cyber insurance know that an effective business in a position of embitterment as a result of a cyber response from a third-party solution the bill quite honestly the bill you know when insurance is involved they have you know a thing of panel and Raymond Cruz, the questions that you're asking, I fully suspect you're in the you're in this industry, right? And it's like, hey, let me just lob up something that he can go talk about for 30 effing minutes. <laughs> but yeah, so those who don't know, embetterment is making the environment better than what it was during the time of impact. Most cybersecurity insurance policies do not uh, cover embetterment. You have to put it back to the state that it was when the incident happened, whether business email compromise, uh, malware, data, just pure data exfiltration, you know, ransomware, whatever the case is, um, it's, you know, you cannot make it better than it originally was. Or if you do, that's going to be built to the customer 
not the insurance company, right? So, you know, some insurance policies we have seen a couple years ago, especially over the last year, we have not seen it. But uh, about two and a half, three years ago, you know, there was some insurance policies that allowed for embetterment, like replacing a firewall. Like they wouldn't let you replace your entire tech stack, if you will, but like replacing a firewall. Some insurance policies will allow that. It's like, okay, you had an old firewall. It is gross negligence for us to not allow us allow you to do that as long as it's reasonably priced right i mean you got an organization under 50 under 50 team members we're doing you know you're going to put in you know a 40 gay palo alto whatever the case is you know of a acceptable market value then sometimes some insurance carriers will allow that but um you know they just like you know when you get into an accident you know, if you're doing you know you're doing the repairs and over your nationwide averages you have you know this repair should cost on average across the country $750 to you know fix up this ding but you got this one organization that charged 5000 or 2000 or whatever the case is you know then the insurance company starts wanting to audit the the invoices. They want to take a closer look at your time that you're logging, things of that nature. So, you know, if you're on panel or anything, or if you work for a company that's on panel, Raymond, um, you know, just please, for the love of Pete, be careful. It's hard as hell to get on panel and get approved, and it's very easy to burn yourself. Not sure what... Whatever. Tom was everybody's friend, Jason. Sorry. That was your first friend. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, Raymond. That you actually met him. I'm not sure if that's directed to me or not. So this is kind of a follow-up. What about TCM Academy courses? Alright, so... There is a mindset, Lacey, that 
how best to answer this. If you're a blue teamer and you want to become a better blue teamer, and, and uh, perform red team actions, um, Heath Adams is legendary in the red space team. So if I see a entry level, mid level, if I see any blue team or network administrator or whatever that's been going through TCM and has performed CTS, things of that nature, you know, I'm going to take it with, you know, a real, I'm going to take it with uh, more than a grain of salt, right? So, you know, that I don't want to get into the, the weeds of, you know, what about this and what about that? Please consider. Please understand, I am one person. I literally am. And my scope and knowledge and understanding and what I, how I view as relevant to our organization at Barricade Cyber is going to be a thousand percent different than every other organization, right? You know, you could have the same resume applied at 10 different places with the exact same resume. You get interviewed and you just don't get hired because they potentially, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't what that organization may have been looking for. I mean, they could have been a complete D or whatever, but, you know, we won't go into the whole job market to discussion right now. But this is literally one person's view at looking at something. You got to remember as well, you know, I am, we are folk, we are going so narrow and so deep on digital forensics and incident response that, you know, I think I said it, let, maybe I said it, I know I've been saying it privately to some clients, but, you know, yes, I can rebuild an exchange server. Do I really want to anymore? You know, I'm going to, I'll be able to fumble my way through it. So, you know, what works for me and our organization, you know, may not be real world for you in your specific situation or the company that you're going after to work for, right? You know, things that Red Canary, Kroll, Mandiant look for are going to be completely different than what Barricade looks for, right? So take things with a grain of salt when it comes to some of this stuff, right? But yeah, I mean, Heath Adams... You know, the dude knows what he's doing. He's definitely a red teamer. You know, if you know, if Heath Adams was trying to go blue team with all the years of red team, would he be would he be taken seriously in a blue team environment? I don't know, right? Um, while he's good at you know popping boxes, can he build a domain and secure it? I don't know. You, you see where I'm getting at? So it's all. It's all about perspective, ladies and gentlemen. It really, really is. It depends on the role that you're going for in the organization that you're going for, whether it's going to be you know, a value, if it's going to be worth it to that to them or not. Yeah, 13Q. What's up, Rob? Um yeah, I can't say that. Never mind. <laughs> What's going on, bud? Hope your vacation last week was good. I I don't don't count yourself out, man. Or I don't know. 
Don't count yourself out. Let's do that. <laughs> so I don't know. I know that anybody can participate. If I remember right, the Cyber Games is a uh, it is a ranking qualification type of platform. So you can submit to be a part of Cyber Games, and then you go through qualifications to make sure you meet you know you outperform other people. But I mean, you just never know. You know, you could just have a rock star day, and some other people have their off day. Whether you're good or not, if you're looking to level and get exposure to some things that, you know, that you may not, or at least know where your skill set is, I say go for it, right? I mean, you don't know what you don't know until you go through some of those engagements and some of those uh, simulations, right? And that's why I really love CTS, you know, whether you pass a CTF or you got through a CTF or not. You know, we can take that and say, you know, what was your mindset? What was your thinking? And I think that's why CTFs matter to me more than home labs, right? So let's, we're going to go back on that. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, if you come to me and say, hey, I went through the Huntress, you know, CTF from, you know, 2023. I'm like, okay, which one did you go through? Which, which modules did you do? Okay. You know, well, you know, and we'll talk about it. It's like, what was your men mentality? You know, what were you looking for? You know, where'd you get hung up at? And it's for me to understand their mentality. Everybody doesn't think the same way, right? So why I look at forensics a certain way, just because of years of experience, it's what clicks with me and it's my workflow and the way that I do stuff. Doesn't mean everybody from Barricade Cyber does the same workflow that I do. And they may have a different perspective they may come at it from a different angle and that's why ctfs to me are very very important again grain of salt yeah exactly you should try it let's let's defend has new challenges huh it'd be interesting to see exactly what they have Right. Amish run away. Okay. <laughs> what do you find on a resume and what value do you put on things is super insightful. Please continue. Yeah. So again, it, it's, for me, for Barricade Cyber, doesn't always translate to other organizations. Yes, Gary, soapboxes are very slippery. They are, uh, I can get myself in a lot of trouble with stuff like that.
Alright, so I'm, for some reason, mod, my mod chat and Discord kind of glitched out there, so I'm getting caught up on that. What are your preferred tools to analyze IP address domains, etc.? Um, you know, I will use several tools. I will use Virusota. I will use uh, URL Scan, just because I don't, I don't know what that song is going to be, and I don't want to. We'll do this. Um, yeah, we see that we do uh, shows. Uh, Joe Sandbox. We use um, Hybrid Analysis a lot. You know, we're major CrowdStrike partner, so, um, you know, hybrid analysis is run by CrowdStrike. So, you know, it's really, it's really what, uh, what tools you, you enjoy. It really is owner's preference, right? So there's actually, let me, let me see if I can dig it up real quick. There is one site that I have I stumbled across. Do, 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 do. Let me actually drop this. There's one tool out there that kind of gives several uh, looks it up against several different scenarios. Oh, Synesis is one, right? So, S-E-N-S-Y-S -S is a, a good one that I've used from time to time. I used, oh, ThreatCrowd.org used to be a good one. I don't know what's been going on with their website lately. But it's been, they've been down for a while. Um, Shodan is a good one. Just kind of going through some of my list. Let's see. Yeah, this is it. So... Let me bring this up over here. The domain is IPlocation.net. So this is one tool that I will use a lot as well, especially when I'm trying to figure out where in the world this thing is located at. All right, so come on, Sandbox. Hurry up, hurry up. Oh, you're going to drive me nuts. If you haven't heard about this extension... Wow, my sandbox is running really, really slow. But, let's see if I can zoom this in a little bit. But, you know, it's all level three. Some Sometimes it tells you the IP, sometimes, or the, the ISP, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it, you know, you can see how the region, Louisiana, Kansas, right? It could be all over the place a little bit, but it can at least help you kind of figure what you know where you may be dealing with things so again iplocation.net is another tool that i've used in the past <laughs> 
Hopefully that's helpful to you. I got a fishing uh, fishing PDF and want to safely analyze it. I put I have a VM, but I'm trying to trying how to transfer it safely from my Gmail to another shared folder VM or another means guidance, please. Yeah, I am going to. <laughs> As much as I hate to tell you this, I'm not going to advise. If I tell you something wrong or you misinterpret something that I say, it could be catastrophic. Not knowing what's in that PDF, if it's got malicious code embedded in there that accidentally gets launched on your environment and you're like, I was going off the direction of this jack wagon on YouTube. Yeah, I d as much as I want to help you, I, I think legally I should not. And I'm, I'm sorry. But please, please, depending on what that PDF may or may not have in there, there's, um, please be careful with it. Right, but get it to a sandbox as quickly as you can. You know, um, app.any.run is a good one. Joe's Sandbox is a good one. There, there's a several tools that are on the web. Um... You know, even spinning up Windows Sandbox, log into your Gmail and potentially go to a Cloud One or something like that and see what, what may detonate on there. Again, I just want to be very careful about what I say to do. Just to, I just fear that there's a malicious code embedded in there that it accidentally detonates on your box. And then I could be potentially liable because of that, right? It's not something that is difficult. To understand or slow going to understand um honestly what i have found is literally just getting up and taking a break you know i got two english bulldogs you know I'll go and play with them for even five minutes. Um, I'll go yell at people to get off my lawn. You know, just take a break from what you're focused on. You know, even if you've been listening to like a podcast or instructions or whatever, um, listen to upbeat music. You know, something just to reset. Um, and you're, when you sit back down, you're like, crap, I'm going to do it. But, you know, I got to get back into it. And you may be down a little bit, but it's um, it's definitely something that you need to do. You know, yep, drink all the booze, hack all the things. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, Raymond, if you're in, if you're in this industry or if you want to talk further, but just um, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I know I'm not as active on LinkedIn right now, just with everything going on. You know, I've been literally going through over like 500 invite requests or connection requests. I think I'm finally underneath 150. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more active and get back in there. Yeah. 
Uh, YT Cracker has music too. Very, very good. I just, I've not been a very fa big fan of YT Cracker. I, I don't know. It's just, his music just doesn't resonate with me. You know? If you know, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's something that you, you burn for. It's something that you get up and you're excited about. Right? And, you know, that's also like saying, you know, I want to be in IT. What do you want to do in IT? What do you want to do in cybersecurity? You know, I mean, I'm, I do digital forensics and incident response when I used to do a lot of network administration and Cisco administration and turn pen tester, uh, legit pen tester and all that kind of fell into digital forensics and this is just what I love. I struggled to find where I really enjoy things. So I had to go through, even myself, I had to go through several, um, several line items of tracks before I fell into something I really, really enjoy doing. Um, so, you know, don't be scared to explore. Don't be scared to learn. You know, but if um, it's you, you gotta you gotta figure out what path is good for you, right? Uh, haircut fish, please check your DMs. Ooh, he slid into my DMs. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Oh, I wish I could share this with you, but I think this is going to be for. There, so there's a running joke inside. I'll, I'll clue this in, okay? There's been a running joke in mod chat for a little while where, you know, Jerry won't say something, but, you know, I just don't care. I'll just say it. So I'm like, move over, get out of my way. I'll say it, right? Wait for the meme of the week. I, I don't want to spoil it. But it's been something I've been wanting to, uh, I've been wanting to say for, or been wanting to be uh, meme I've been wanting for a while. And here cut fish, he he did it. Check the mod chat player. I'll play a player. Am I caught up on mod chat? No, I am not. Uh, George, yeah, you know what, there was, um, let me bring up, I think I just got, uh, boomer moment, hold on, gotta put on my sunglasses so I can read my technology. Uh, check out 48 Laws of Power or The Accidental Superpower. And Countdown to Zero Day is a good book as well. Those who don't know, I if, I, if you see me actually physically reading a book, call the police because I'm being tortured. Um, it's pretty much only audiobooks for me.
Well, everybody here values your opinion, Eric. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you just got to take my opinion with a grain of salt and just know it's coming from one individual and it's not gospel, right? So, you know, what I, while me and Jerry align on a lot of things, we're going to differ on some things, right? So, you know, just like the best way I, the best way I can describe it. You, you can have one a, a single medical issue. You can put five doctors in the room. And most of the time, you're going to get different opinions from all the different doctors, right? So just find the doctor that resonates with you for you and your family's you know, care. Kind of the same thing, right? So that's what we got. You know, everybody comes at things from different perspectives, right? I'm trying to get caught up on mod chat. I did overlook one earlier from Second Chance Nomad, my so that way I'm not scrolling up and kind of trying to come back and get caught up. There's 169 of y'all's wonderful people. Holy moly! Um, my lab is PF Sense, Cali as Attacker, Windows DC, two Windows machines attached to DC, Security Onion machine, and a Splunk machine. So. Second Chance Nomad. That's not a bad lab. But is that a lab or an attack simulation? Me, personally, I think that's attack simulations. No, you're doing OSINTing. You're not doing... And again, this just may be because I'm freaking old. I go back to the whole... You know, lab was designed for... To pass a cert. Right? So... To me, I quantify that as attack simulation. You know, you're taking, you know, Cali, you're, you're, you're enumerating on a domain. You're trying to do different things to see how things react. You're doing threat hunting, things of that nature. I personally call that attack simulation and OSINTing and threat intel. That's me. Yeah, I'm getting the semantics, Cass, like Jessup. going through some of the we will be wrapping this up in just a few minutes if y'all have any if y'all have any last questions um please definitely put them in here marcus cyber what insurance companies have their particular ir firms they partner with have you had trouble partnering with any insurance company to where they turn you had to turn a client away because of their provider yes marcus cyber it's called panel and panel approval and it is a pay to play it really is um it's insurance companies have been burned over the past couple years because of the simple fact that everybody pretended like they knew how to do digital forensics and didn't know so getting on panel is really really hard um there, there's some ways to get around that, but that's a, a different talk for a different time.
Roger that, Miss Kimberly. Uh, so I just answered the Cypress mark. Um, Carrie says, question, Eric, how can I use my knowledge going forward? Yep, yep. Um, Carrie says, how can I use my knowledge going forward? You said certifications aren't enough, or did you say that since you said capture to capture flags? Again, Carrie, it's... Carrie, right now, to be completely honest with you, I just... You've been doing all the right stuff for all the for for a while now. Yeah, I mean, I know you've been a part of the community. You've been going through, um, I think the Cyber 101. I think you got the GRC. I, I just, right now, the market is just jacked up, and it has been for a while. And people are just now starting to accept and realize this as a an actual valid thing, right? So. Um, it just, I feel for you, Gary. Um, but I would say, you know, I think capture the flags are better, but again, that, that's my, my opinion. Uh, J E N. What is this from? Oh, haven't heard this one from yet. Do poor. All right, th uh, from Carrie E.M. Mi uh, Mitchell. Okay, thank you. Trying to tackle the AZ900 study material, and I would be the POC MC on it. So I'm trying to. Cool, cool. Um, Ashley, what qualify or what qualities do you value in an ideal candidate? That is a great question, Ashley. Casually Joseph came to us with zero certs, but I seen passion in him. Talking to him, I could see he wants to do this. He has the passion. He exhibits the passion when communicating, and I will hire passion and talent, perceived talent, every day of the week. So you don't have to come to me and be like. You know, I've got all these certs. I'm, I'm just trying to break in. I got the, you know, I got the passion. I got the talent. Blah blah blah. And I can see that. I can see it. Yeah. You know, we'll definitely consider you. So, that again, my personal. Because if you don't, if you don't have the passion for it, you're not gonna last, in my opinion. Uh, back from, oh cool, I'm actually caught up in the chat here. I've been thinking lately, even if you like a thing, like cybersecurity, and you're not good at it, how do you know if it's meant for you? That's a tough question. I mean, that's honestly a, a question that only you can answer, right? That's not something I can answer. That's not something that anybody in this room can answer, right? It, that is a personal journey of questions and insight that you have to go through. You know, 
I would say before you know going to you know, do anything you know there's CTFs there's you know even even in your specific situation going into a building a home lab even though this is not credible but for this this I think is credible a credible that you are going through and seeing is this something I really want to do I think home labs are that are that for you right um, how do you put things together you can do cloud resources you can do physical um, in whatever you think you might be wanting to do you know whether it's digital forensics if it's you know being a stock analyst if you wanted to threat hunt you want to do this you want to do that you know there's so many of those CTFs that are out there that you can go through and most of them have been released so if you get stuck on something you can get the the quote-unquote cheaters right you can see you know what are the the hints and what are this and you know so again it's a personal journey that you're gonna have to go through I can't answer that for you that literally nobody in this room can answer that question for you except for you I, I really wish there was a way that I could be like you know crack the the, the head open and you like you'll poke around with a or look around on a flashlight and poke your brain with a stick you're like oh here's your answer but that, that's a journey you're gonna have to go through Have a good one, Hedrick Cofish. Hey, Gary, did I miss any of your other questions? I think I answered it. Oh, okay, okay, I did. Carrie, I just think you, again, I just think you need to be patient. You know. Carrie, what exactly? Maybe we need to pivot yours. What exactly are you wanting to do? We were actually having this discussion. Joseph was trying to help a. Uh, somebody else on that one I would honestly put it up toward the top with your education or mix it in with your education your experiences somewhere right it, that's my personal opinion but I know Jerry has a several YouTube videos on that um, so One other thing you could think about, I, think, I don't know if it was you or somebody else. There was somebody on LinkedIn I was talking to you about it. Um, and I think it's something that has kind of gone away, at least I haven't seen it a whole lot, is being able to create like a website, you know, jemichael.com, and it'd be a WordPress or whatever site, and it's just a, resu a website resume right and you're just listing out everything you can do a complete mind dump and you can just put on there you know like there um you know when you do your the very top with your name and your address and you know all that stuff you be like the following is a short snippet resume for full my full resume my full detailed resume 
please go to this website and you just do a complete mind dump, right? So, exactly, you cannot train work ethic and attitude. Exactly, thousand percent, Rob. All right, a couple more minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Kimberly can fix it and any of the other mods that may be around. Have I, am I pretty much caught up on the questions? No problem, but I know you're frustrated, dude. I, I'm frustrated for you. I really am. You know what, Carrie? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was kind of trying to brainstorm that. Let me format this a different way. Carrie, do this. Go to Google. Uh, this is one way that I started, you know, when I got banned from computers at high school level after being, you know, arrested by the FBI and all that crap. But, um, let's just say Dallas, Texas. I, I don't know where in the world you are anymore. You know, computer shops in Dallas, Texas, right? So, go away. Talk, talk to some of these folks. You know, and just say, hey. You know, my name is Carrie. Uh, you know, I believe you were in the Navy. Or, you know, I'm a veteran. I'm, you know, wanting to get into IT, things of that nature. You know, can I shadow? Can I, you know, can I work here? Yeah, you know, I would try the pay position first. Right, I don't want them taking advantage of a veteran, but like, hey, I'm just looking for like a part-time job or a full-time job, whatever your case is. You know, I just, you know, I, I'm looking to get more experience. I'm just looking to be busy. And I think you go there with some of that. Some of these local computer companies will uh, go out there or go out on a limb, especially for veterans and looking to do something. You know, a lot of these computer shops. You know, let's see. A lot of these computer shops are going to be older people like us, right? Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I was hoping to see some, you know, like, picture of, hey, we're the owner type thing. Or, this is our staff or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, just talk to them, right? That, I think that I think that will go go the distance for you. And that just may help you get some more, you know, experience because you're dealing with weird users doing weird things and... You know, they're going to stay away from the the staples and the Best Buy and all that. They're going to use their local computer people. Because even, like, when like we get a call in from our Google Ads or whatever, and like, hey, I got this problem or whatever, and they're a consumer, you know, no disrespect to them, but we're not going to take, we're, we're not geared for that. So we specifically even tell people, look, Google search local computer shop near me, and I tell them, you know, no offense to, you know, the big box ones, you know, but stay away from Staples, stay away from Best Buy, whatever. And the only reason for that is they have templated, you know, items that they're only allowed to do and they have certain workflows. Local computer shops are allowed to do a lot more different things that those big box stores will do. And you're also supporting local business. As a business owner, I want to help people support other local businesses to, to your local environment or local geographic location. And that's why I kind of do that. So try that and see. Uh, what are you doing to integrate AI into your daily workload? I keep hearing about how you have to integrate AI or get left behind. What's your... NJ and AZ. That is a whole... A whole topic I am struggling with. Um, music is a little loud on my ear. Turn it down to the chat. Um, yeah, I know, like, a lot of our tools use, you know, AI and ML, machine learning, for those who don't know, um, in a lot of their tools and stuff like that for threat detection and stuff. But, like, our day-to-day, -day, like, I'm not using ChatGPT or anything like that. And I do hear the same same items you are. You got to get with the AI. You got to get with the AI. But, you know... I don't know. You know, is I guess I will be more inclined to leverage AI from a workflow standpoint when the results are a little bit more reliable, right? So it's something I'm keeping my eye on. The biggest thing that I'm doing is, you know, I started two weeks ago and I'm going back through even this week and potentially next week where, uh, you know, a lot of business email compromises are in Microsoft 365 tendencies and we're looking at the co-pilot logs and stuff like that, how to identify co-pilot logs in the Azure uh, Unified Audit Logs and things of that nature. Um, you know, next I got to do mobile for the mo uh, and on mobile forensics because you can actually do Copilot on Microsoft with Microsoft in without the the license or without the 365 tendency from my understanding right now. So there's a whole forensic aspect that I got to go through. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, is like you know, at least on that perspective. But it's it's like the new shiny ball. You know, everybody wants to do it but it's not a very good ball yet. 
it's uh, it's something I would say it's something to keep on your radar, right? And keep things up to date and kind of go through. I know. Um, so, user on Twitch, just so you know, I am not Dr. Jared Osier. I am just uh, I'm just filling in on jaw jacking. So you may be a little bit new to this uh, specific format, but Dr. Gerald Osher, who was here for the first hour, he normally does everything um, and spends time. But my my name is Eric Taylor with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Uh, I fill in on Tuesdays for Jaw Jocking. DJ Bisek, uh, another mod, does Thursdays. Um, so we sit around for a little bit and just kind of answer questions from our unique perspectives and trying to just do that. But to answer your question from me i i do like web apps but i am more of a physical person um you know i do love you know being able to physically break into things and do social engineering and things of that nature so even though i'm a massive introvert um you know being able to get to places that i'm not supposed to be i get great joy in that I do not have a DEFCON black badge because I've never been there. I know Jerry, Dr. Gerald Ozier, has been to DEFCON, but that's not his specialty either. Um, I don't think he's partaked in any of the the challenges or anything to go uh, to get a black badge. I just heard one curse word. If I hit if I hit another one, I'll have to go with something else. Sorry for that. But I'm actually playing um, YT Cracker Nerdcore music right now. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yep. Yeah. But yeah, MSPs, managed solutions providers, you know. Um, are a good resource because they they just get exposed to so much different um, unique situations for their client bases. And even if that's a stepping stone, right, Carrie? Just so you know, I assume Raymond is just like me and uh, or is talking to Carrie, kind of like what I am. The um, the even if the MSP or the basic local computer shop is just a stepping stone, it's getting your hands dirty, right? You're you're in the fight, so to speak. I have a legacy mentor, and we are held back in fear as a team, dude. I am. That sucks. And that's when you just got to go outside and, you know, uh, do your own research, right? Oh, yeah, I use Copilot for research. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But like I said, it's, um, 
the the co-pilot all the ai models and stuff like that uh, to be a viable solution for threat intel for infosec and you know forensic and all that it's you know it's going to have to go through many re, re, uh many versions and you know be overhauled and things of that nature it's it's not going to be perfect out of the box right and that's why you got to go through all these little goofy scenarios that you know everything is doing so you know there was a story late last week i think it was and forgive me why i scratched my foot um where they were trying to do some ai generated pictures um for some homework or something like that and they wanted to get you know ai generated pictures of german soldiers and don't say this the wrong way but there wasn't one single white person in those pictures germans are white i mean i know they're not you know they're uh, you have a ton of national uh, uh skin colors in germany now and stuff like that but you know when it was nazi germany you know it was white people because they you know hitler was trying to you know do what hitler was doing we won't go down that whole rabbit hole but you know you got to go through all we got to go through these really really stupid issues uh not I would just say he's he's stable. We have a very, 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 very uh, long road. So, yeah, exactly. Drop it with fire, Joseph. I was trying to be very careful in what I said. There you go, Carrie. Yeah, I mean, dude, that that veteran-owned computer company, man, that will probably, you know, one veteran talking to another, man, nine times out. Even if it's, like, helping them out on the weekends and stuff like that, I, I don't know. But talk to them, bud. Um, that may that that may be pretty. That may be your your ticket, right? I didn't know you were from Germany Space Tacos. Yeah, I was at the barber shop a couple weeks ago, and you know, I was there first, uh, one of the first appointments, and they, you know, most of the barber shops have their TVs and stuff like that. And I can't remember if they have Roku or whatever TVs, but uh, before they started playing like, you know, basketball games or whatever sport of the day. Um, you know, there was Google inspired images and there was a bunch of them from like Ireland and Germany and Sweden. And I was like, man, those pictures look freaking awesome. You know, and as I'm getting more and more into drones and stuff like that, I'm like, man, that'd be an awesome place to fly a drone and be an awesome place to go look. And, um, yeah, I've been seeing, I guess because of the drone footages and stuff like that, that I've been watching, been seeing a lot of people doing paragliding and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, just doing the footages and I, I guess GoPros or whatever, just strapped to your seat as you're doing the, the paragliding and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. I assume for military. I forget where we were. So, um, we were over there somewhere in Germany from when I was about six months old to four or five years old. Um, my dad and stepdad were both Air Force. Um, so, Right before, I think my mom divorced my biological dad, married stepdad, and then a couple months after that, we went TDY, Air Force terminology for overseas. Was that my doorbell or the music? I think that was the music. Um, Oh, okay. All right, sorry. Getting caught up on some some feeds there. Um, what was I talking? Oh yeah, so Germany. So yeah, we went over there. Um, yeah, you know, I gotta dig them up. There's some really, you know, they're embarrassing stuff. You know, stuff from when I was a kid. But the my stepdad was into cy uh, cycling, being bicycle and all that stuff, and he into hiking and all that stuff you know you wouldn't know it now <laughs> i love food way too much as well i'm fat but um the there was like a 5k walk or some, there was some sort of walk um and for every kilometer that you got you got literally a ceramic damn plate of all the stuff in germany like almost like you were doing like a scenic tour or something i guess um, I know it's all that over at my mom's house and I'm just like, this stuff does not go in, you know, modern houses. And I'm not saying like a modern lifestyle, like the whole mo clean modern look or whatever. They're talking about like in 2024, you know, most people are not hanging ceramic plates with the hooks and all that on your walls as a decoration like we used to do, you know, before 2000. So... Um. Oh, you had a teaching job. That's pretty cool. Okay, not military. Okay. What would you? How, what would you advise someone to do daily to get into blue team? Dude, you know what? Um. Yeah, there's, um, so I don't know if this is a thing anymore, but years ago when, what, what is it, AS, it used to be called, not, not was it Tech TV, or am I thinking of the wrong thing? 
I'm think I'm probably thinking of the Yeah, that's that old, 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 old thing. Um Yeah, Tech TV was one thing, like uh, an actual T V stuff that used to come out. What's that? Help me out, chat mods or whatever. Um Yeah, Leo Laporte. What is the what is the new one? Where do they get American instead? No, that's not it. Who's the sponsor for Worldwide Wednesday? I forget the name of them. Is this it? Is this it, mods? ASI Learning? I think it is. Yeah, IT Pro TV. That's the thing I was thinking of. Learn more. So, they used to have, you know, you always have the courses and everything like that you can go through. But you could literally go through, um, and they would have like live recordings every day. Like, you know, they would be making a new course, right, of whatever. And you would be able to sit in chat in the room uh, virtually. And they while they were recording new content, you could be able to engage with them and, you know, stuff like that. And it was kind of cool. Um, so, you know, that may be something if they still do that. That may be something worth looking into, you know, um, you know, so you're getting that quote unquote latest and greatest, um, information, you know, drip to you. So, yeah, sorry, I'm getting distracted by my chat. I mean, I understand that, you know, the co-founder sold out and all that stuff, but they really should have just kept the freaking name. It, it really, to me, IT Pro TV just read, it clearly stated what in the world you guys were. They should have just, you know, left the domain alone and just put like, you know, IT Pro TV, uh, an ASI learning company or something, right? So... All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's 119 of you beautiful people here. Um, you know, we've probably definitely done some uh, uh, possible copyright violations with the, the nerd core. <laughs> um, I do have some some other stuff to get taken care of. I'm hearing the dogs walk around downstairs, so it's probably potty time for them. I do appreciate all of y'all sticking around and hanging out. Please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up on your way out if you found any of this enjoyable please do us all a massive favor tell somebody about it and you know hopefully you'll be able to see them on the next jaw jacking or in a live stream and if you've been here this long think uh, y'all deserve to see the sea shanty and then we'll close out with dr jerry closing notes again thank you so much i will see y'all next week on another jaw jacking episode take care 
There once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.